So, who is Chad Whitby? Um, it's such a such a heavy question. I feel like I should be giving some Bertrand Russell type answer. One can only understand themselves when they've understood the meaning of life and what is the meaning of life. But um, I'm just a guy who. By the way, I knew this was going to be a good interview. This <laughs> is <laughs> you know people give those deep answers. But I'm I'm someone who has ideas of changing the world and people think it's dumb but that's what I that's who I am I'm someone who wants to change one person's life at a time be it giving them a hug giving them a five rand making a good coffee playing a good song um, and that's all I want to do is just meet people find ways of engaging with them in meaningful relationships I hate fake relationships um, and yeah hopefully use that to leave a memory in people's mind. So is there a... It sounds like there's a bigger purpose. Have you found out what it is for yourself? Um, I don't know exactly, but I, I do know quite a few details. I do know that I love people and I personally get energized off people mm. and I love giving off energy as well. I think... I think if, if as people all together we can do amazing things instead of always trying to compete and I think there's a place for competition, I think there's a, there's a place for a lot of things, but if we always just trying to find ways of helping people, it sounds, sounds like, a, I sound like a hippie, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But what a lot of people think is, for me to change your life, I need to give you a million rand. Right. Or I need to give you something, something, but what people don't realize is that a smile every day can change someone's life because mm. you don't know what, what that person went through that morning. A consistent hug can change someone's life or, mm. or something random like that. And so for me, my I think one of my deeper meanings in life would be just to be consistently consistent at whatever I do. The chair that you see on Monday morning needs to be the chair you see on Friday afternoon. And yeah. Which is difficult to do, no? Yeah, it's, no, it's extremely. Because you're going through your own things and... That's what I'm saying. So often you just, you don't know what I'm going through and who do you... Because people almost become, once you give that off initially, people become expectant of it. Yeah. I've had times where I've been a bit, I'm not even down as per se, I've just been thinking. And so you know how we are when you're thinking, you kind of get into your zone. Yeah. And I've had um, people say, are you okay? And constantly ask, I'm allowed to be quiet for 10 minutes. Right. Which I know doesn't happen often, but I am allowed to have a moment. Yeah. Um, so it is tough because people become expecting people look at you and go, well, that's Chad and Chad is the guy who always gives off energy. So do it. Yeah. You almost become like, in the nicest part where you almost become a clown or you almost become the guy at, at a theater where it's, yeah. do it, go for it. It's all you now, it's Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is difficult. So... Does anything get you down? Without sharing any specifics, are there things that get you down? Yeah, tons of things. Do you need quiet time sometimes? Um, not really for the things that get me down. The quiet times that I need are to reflect sometimes. But if something were to get me down and if I had a quiet time, that would be a further downward spiral for me. Because mm. then I'd sit. I think our own thoughts are sometimes the darkest places to be. Right. Um, and so for me, the things, if I'm in a place where I'm down, 
the things that would get me up is to sit with people, express that, um, and sometimes people can shed light. Sometimes you, I think a lot of things are based on perspective. Let's, let's, let's take something that, that, that would get me down. Something that would get me down would be someone mis, mistreating, let's say, a teller at spa. Okay? Yeah. So you get a guy who walks past and is an absolute tonsil. Says, oh, you're packing my groceries too slow. And I'm standing in the aisle behind and I see that. That would get me down. So if I now got into my car and if I drove for an hour by myself and mulled over that, I'd become even more down. I'd think of other situations and it would almost add fuel to this fire. And by the time I get out of my car after this hour's drive, I'm furious now. Yeah. And I'm angry at the whole world and I just, whatever my, my views would be. Yeah. Whereas if I had then got into my car and to sit with someone, a friend or a wife and express this and I said, hey, listen, I was at a shop today and I saw this happening, blah, blah, blah. That person could either add to it and give their views or sometimes that person might say, yeah, Chad, maybe that guy was having a bad day. Mm. And what I'd find is I'd look at it from his perspective and I'm not justifying what he did, yeah. but I'd look at it from his perspective and suddenly it will change my views and I'd get out of that down yeah. thing. So yeah, there are tons of things that get me down. I, mean, I know what you mean when, you know, Obviously talking to people is about getting their perspective and not being so trapped inside your own head that you think your view is the only view that matters, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I totally get that. And yet, I still don't really make an effort to really get out there and talk to people and get their views. Like I know it's good for me, yeah. but I don't do it. For you, it seems to come naturally. I was with you at a party last night and you were the center of attention. You drew the crowd. It's just who you are, effortless. I don't know if that's always a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know. I, I think, thankfully, you know, some people are, are trying to find what is their meaning in life. I would say at the age of probably 18, 19, I had a clear direction of, of what I'm gifted at. Right. And I made a conscious decision to work at that. Yeah. And so you get people who move around and try functioning roles that they're not necessarily good at. Which is good because you can then, it's like a muscle, you train that muscle. Whereas like for me, I looked at the muscle that I'm good at and I said, that is my thing. Yeah. And so for me, my muscle that I'm good at is teaching. Yeah. I think I have a gift for teaching. Yeah. And networking and connecting and making solid relationships. And yeah. so that's what I do. Yeah. Um, whereas my wife has a natural gift for listening. I, I suck at listening right. a lot of the times. Right. Um, Which makes the two of you a good combo. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. My wife could sit for an hour and just listen to all your stories, not drop one opinion, nothing. Whereas I'll listen to you and I generally do listen to people. But because I'm a teacher, I naturally want to give a result. And sometimes people, want to, yeah. sometimes people just want to tell you a story just for the sake of telling wow. you a story. It's they amazing. Don't... It's amazing you should say that because it's probably... My wife has many issues with me. But that's one of the ones she has. Like, I'm, I'm not telling you for you to try and fix it. I'm telling you because I need to vent. Yeah. I'm telling you just so you can be a listening ear. Exactly. Not give me a solution. And I'm like, problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. Yeah. Why are we talking about it if we're not talking about the solution? You know. So that's interesting. So I've, that's and that's exactly me. Where and sometimes, sometimes I, I get friends because again, I I like to look at it from many perspectives. Again, as I mentioned, my one of my favorite things is. is perspective I, I did technical drawing at school okay and if you looked at a drawing from the wrong perspective 
it would not make sense to you yeah. and you probably fail that exam and i think life is like that if you look at something from the wrong perspective you look at a situation you look at a person's tone you look at anything this is like a simple example of you you and your brother both both ask your dad for some money to go to a gig and your your dad then gives your brother and doesn't give you and if your perspectives are a, a certain way about your dad you then start to develop a hatred for your dad. Yeah. For yeah. Whereas if you understood that maybe he gave your brother because he has a better gift for you and maybe he's saving up to give you a birthday gift or maybe in you, uh, I don't know, but perspective is, is, a, is a big thing. Do you think your generation gives a shit about perspective? What is my generation? Sorry, let's just... <laughs> what is, whatever your age group is, whatever your friendship circle yeah. is, not you, Generation such a bad word, so serious ago. What no, I'm no, saying I'm is saying, yeah. your circle, yeah. your friends, guys and girls at your level who you relate to, do you think they give a shit about perspective? Or do you think like do you think you're an anomaly in your generation? Uh, what I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you think that their perspective is the only perspective that matters to them? It's so it's such a tough thing. I I love Instagram. I absolutely absolutely love Instagram. And what Instagram has done is it just keeps, not, not it's what it's done, but you have all these images there all the time and it's always something at your disposal. And even Pinterest and what, what it can do is it can make you feel like you Superman, like you can do anything. The world is your oyster, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is good because it gives people some form of I can do something. But what Pinterest does and Instagram don't do is they don't show you the, the backstory of the work that went into all of that. Yeah. Okay. And so... By the way, that's why I love those memes where it shows you like a behind the scenes shot of yes. how the shop was done. I love that. Yes, I love it. It's like Pinterest, what it actually looks like. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I still have a table I need to build for my house because I saw it on Pinterest. It's wooden pallets and like that's simple. Go to Galmore, get, get, get some, some handle pallets. Still haven't done it. Right. But back to perspective, I think... I think in our generation, or amongst young guys, there's a huge thing of a lot of people feel entitled. There's a huge entitlement issue. And that, I mean, I sound getting deep, but that I think is rooted in, in they looking at it from, well, I'm new, I'm fresh, I'm what's happening right now, because that's their perspective on the world. And so I should have this, or you're entitled to teach me this. I mean so often people are like people say chad what do you do i say i play guitar they say oh you must teach me how to play right it's like why that's must so i true. teach you why don't you go and learn that's so true. It's, not, it's not rocket science like i put in the effort why don't you put in the <laughs> yeah. yeah and so yeah I was... favorite childhood memory like what is what 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 kept a young chad busy yes <laughs> are you one of many or the only child or I have a brother. Right. Older, younger? Um, older than me. Nine months older. So, okay. so it's a long story, but... Nine months older? Mm, so my mom... My my mom got married to my dad when I was about 10 or so. Okay. Um, so my biological dad passed away before I was oh, right. born. Crazy right. enough. And I grew up with... So my mom was really young when she had me. Right. She was like, and so I grew up with my grand. Right. In the back end of a colored community, we were so broke. We didn't have lights at home. Yeah. And so, some of my favorite childhood memories would be Christmas time with all my cousins. I have 17 cousins. Nice. And so, all my cousins would come through, and you're on one bed with like 
seven cousins and someone's feet in your face um, and you'd wake up on in the morning and I remember there was a time I clearly clearly remember Albany Bakery the, the bread slicer was broken right and so between the crust and the first slice that that blade was broken and so okay. the crust would be something like four centimeters thick and I, all I remember was everyone would fight for that crust <laughs> everyone and you smear it thick with jam or peanut butter yeah. Um, but yeah some of my childhood memories were my favorite would be not having everything and just being content with what we had I mean, I look at so many people now, oh, I'm bored. Like, I think I would have got the hiding in my life if I said I was bored. So what's uh, interesting for me is that um, my wife and I, we think about what to do for dinner and we go out and we have a nice meal. It'll be amazing, really nice, blah, 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 whether it's like, you know, sushi or whatever, whatever. But, I, but like my favorite meals ever. So my favorite restaurant is this place in Cape Town called The Potluck Club. Have you been? No, I haven't. I've I, heard we, of We that, should go. It's amazing. It's it's next level. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so when I leave the potluck club, I think about that meal for days, right? I think about I talk about it, I tell my friends about it, I Instagram and I do everything about it, right? But like my favorite, favorite meals were the ones from when I was a child and it was like peanut butter and jam on white bread. Yeah. Strawberry peanut butter and jam on, on Albany bread. The Hugo's jam. Exactly. You know, like that's that's where it's at. It's that nostalgia. It feels, it, it brings back a memory. I read something the other day that is a fact. I follow facting on Twitter. And it's saying that every, every one of your favorite songs are your favorite because they're related to a memory. Yeah. yeah. They're related to some type of feeling. Some, you felt a particular way at that time and that's yeah. why it became your favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's why I listen to, like, I listen to a lot of, a lot of music. Um, you spoke about classical music last night. Yeah, yeah, but don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not into classical music. Okay. But this one guy, I'll send it to you. Actually, you know Ray Donovan? The TV, show, the TV yes, series? Yes, I've heard of Ray yeah, Donovan. Yeah. There was a scene in Ray Donovan where him, his father, and his brother uh, step out of a car and walk down a steep driveway to a very nice-looking house. And they kill everyone inside. Okay. And it's amazing. And it's violent. And it's amazing. <laughs> The music playing during that scene is this classical oh. pianist, and that's how I got into it. So I tweeted the pianist and I said to him, "That's bloody amazing! Like, where can I see you?" Blah blah blah. He's so small. He tweeted me back. He's like, "Well, you know, I'm not going to be in South Africa anytime soon, but like, if you come to Berlin, blah blah blah." Yeah. So that's why. So I'm not into classical music. I'm into that guy. He's amazing. And that that track with all that violence, well, it was it was next level. Interesting. And remember I said to you, you can, you can hear him, what do you call that? Pushing down a sustain pedal. Exactly. You can like hear the creaking. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I'll send you the track. It's, it's going to blow your mind. I'll send you a podcast while we're talking about this by one of my favorite guys, Seth Golden. And he speaks about that, about how it's, there's this constant thing. Everyone's trying to get the perfect. Yes. Someone's right now is trying to develop the perfect cube. Yeah. Okay. Perfect in weight and size and everything. And we move in a digital era, even CDs are not perfect, USBs and all of this perfect, perfect. And he's talking about how perhaps perfect is not what we need as humans. Perhaps that, that vinyl crackling, crackle on the vinyl or something is what actually gets in. And I'm thinking of this, how you're talking about this, that imperfection that made it beautiful. Exactly. Is it not the same with, with coffee? I mean, yeah. we had a chat about it and like, there's this constant move of getting the best espresso machine and the best yeah. grinders and the best everything. 
but yet what might make a coffee beautiful apart from the person making it yeah. might be that slight imperfection might be that slight two two set, um, seconds over extraction yeah. I mean I know probably every coffee professional will hate me for saying this but I think coffee is definitely it's art and science and we can't eliminate the art part of it art is this it's inexplicable it's a true and I feel like the industry doesn't want to talk about the art side of it because they doesn't because, want to acknowledge it because they can't quantize it they can't add a value exactly. to it they can't add a number to it it's I, I have this view and I think it's as humans we always want to explain things and that's why a lot of people yeah I don't want to talk a lot of people will deny the existence of a superior being or something because right. they don't comprehend it. And so as humans, we always want to understand. We always want to box it yeah. for ourselves. Because yeah. we can tell someone, I've boxed this. Yeah. I've done this. Yeah. I've, I've won this game. I've conquered this level. I know level. what the formula is. Yeah. And so the moment people don't, then once, once something's out of their control, they can't explain it, they don't know the formula, then no, that's, that's not cool. And so I think art is like that. So much of some some of the most beautiful pieces. We don't know why they're beautiful. They just happen to be beautiful. See, when I was saying earlier that we need to stop talking and start recording, so because you're dropping bombs, I need to capture. This is what I mean. Because you just got me thinking about the fact that I think I'm like a suppressed artist, me personally, right? Yeah. Like I really appreciate beautiful things, and I really appreciate like the Instagram feed that I have is about beautiful coffee, yeah. right? It's about and for me, that's about the art of coffee. It's not based on a formula, it's based on a feeling, you know? And yet, um, there's a part of me that also needs a formula and I need things to be structured. And, you know, if you present me with a problem, I have to offer you a solution. Otherwise, why are we talking? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, 100%. there is that part of me as well. So, I need, yeah. You're making me think, Mr. Whitby. I, uh, yeah, anyway. You're making me think. Um, what I will say, when I met, since, since I met you and we're having this conversation and, and, and uh, if there's one thing that if somebody asked me who is Chad Whitby, um, like the first question that we had, I would say um, positive. I would say he gives off a positive, positive vibe. He gives off energy. After you speak to Chad Whitby, you feel energized. And I think that's brilliant because not a lot of people have that. I speak to a lot of people who drain me. <laughs> yeah. And I know for a fact that I will leave this conversation with you and feel energized and ready for the day. Oh, I might actually good. phone my wife and say that we'll go to that market she wants to go to when I land. Awesome. If you could have a do-over in life, would you do anything differently? No. I would do the exact same thing if, if I knew. Okay, so if I could start all over, but I knew, I've seen it, as I'm reliving it. I'd do it with more, I don't know if the word's intention, but I'd embrace whatever season I was in, embrace it more. Yeah. See, I went through seasons and I, I cried through some seasons of right. my life yeah, yeah. because I thought it was unfair and I thought that I was whatever it might be. And yet if I could have done it over, I would have embraced that season knowing that it would make me stronger for whatever the next season is. See, like a, a lot of times they'd say you, you're playing a soccer game. Most people hate training. Everyone hates training. No one has to, no one has to go and swim 30 laps in a pool. But when you embrace that and you understand that this is training for the Olympics, yeah. it suddenly changes so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't think I'd do anything different. I think everything that I've done, every person that I've met, every place that I've lived, and I've lived a lot of places, um, 
has all I went to so many schools and yeah yeah I have thankfully I went through all of that because you get to understand cultures you get to understand people and I found myself almost being a chameleon sometimes where I'd, I'd get into a situation and go okay cool these people are this type of way and I could do me or I could alter it a little bit yeah. and then get my foot in and then bring that in yeah so your 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 perspective is it's refreshing and it's mature and it's interesting that you said that your father passed early on mm. did you have a father figure did you not did it obviously it didn't matter what so i did so i was born in december supposed to be born in january i was huge <laughs> um but my dad passed away I think in the June of the year I was born okay. and so I'd never met him in my life and my mom was very very young so I lived with my grand but when I was in grade 3 or grade 4 my mom got married okay. um, and so this became now my father figure and yeah I've had a father figure my whole life someone who most beautiful father figure actually right um, and so I've never looked at, at my dad now as oh this is my stepdad or whatever it's my mom's husband he's, he's been my dad this is, this is dad yeah, whatever yeah. and even that has been very controversial that I've had some family who go oh you're not embracing the family surname you're taking on your mother's husband's surname you should be embracing but this is it this is my father figure this is my dad yeah that's your dad but I do think that a father figure is huge and, I, mean, I don't know get into that I think had I not had that, I would have been way worse than what I am right now. Yeah. In a worse place. My, uh, my, my boy and girl are... In a couple of days, they'll be exactly four months old. And... I haven't spoken to my father for 12 years. We're in a very bad relationship. And I wonder how that's fucking with my head. And I hope it does, it's not fucking with my head too much. So yeah. that I will be imparting some of those demons onto yeah. my son or my daughter. Yeah. You know, so it's... The stuff is, we, you know, we don't, we don't see it, um, but it definitely has a direct, the way, the way we respond to people. And so what it, what it can do is a lot of people think is, they'll go, I don't want to be my dad because my dad was, was that guy or that way. And so they go to the opposite extreme where they overcompensate and almost sometimes smother kids or, yeah. whereas if they were content in who they were, I know, yeah. A father figure is so huge. I worked, so I worked with, with young guys in, in like a youth um, environment. And you find that the, the girls who was mainly girls. Right. The girls who were the most easy. When I say easy, I mean, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. cook up with guys, whatever. Were generally ones who didn't have a father figure. Right. And when you look at it, all those girls needed was just someone to come by and give them a hug, a solid hug. Yeah. And just look them in their face and say, you're beautiful. Right. They probably never had that. So any fly by night guy who comes past and says, hey, you know, you're prettier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his chicks are falling. So the father figure is huge. And even for guys, you know what I mean? Like so often as males, we will strive and we work our asses to the bone and we go overboard just because we want someone just to go, well done. Like yeah. that's like, look at you in your face and go, that was good, well done. And so people never, ever, ever become content with what, or never become happy. And I don't think we should ever be content to the point where we don't work. People never become happy in what they do and what they've achieved because they constantly just need someone to say, well done. Right. That was good, man. Yeah. When are you and the wife having kids? 
five years starting next year. Right. We can't why, say why, six years. Why starting next year? Why why can't you say six years? Because my grand will kill me. <laughs> and a lot of our families are like, why oh. six years? So five years sounds easier. It's a softer blow. But we'll do it next year. And what about uh, boy, girl, do you care? I want a boy. Really? Because I want to dress him up really cool and make him look like <laughs> super fresh with the best apparel. Um, but, and I know a girl would absolutely break me. Imagine like a little... A 4kg version of my wife. This That's little exquisite yeah. theme. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have now. Like when I see my daughter, I see my wife. Like, and I see it now in her, in like her four months, just how she is at four months. Yeah. I can see how my wife is today. You know, like it's amazing. That would it's amazing. break me. What do you feel most proud of so far? Um. Wow. 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 The things that I didn't work to achieve, those are the things I'm most proud of. That and you so, worked to achieve? Or? Oh, I didn't work to achieve. Okay. What and do you mean? So, I recently got nominated in the Coffee Awards, um, Coffee Magazine Awards for Best Coffee Personality. Right. I didn't have to work with that. I didn't have to go <laughs> put an effort. I didn't have to, I didn't have to try. Oh, I see what I you mean. Have, I see what you mean. So that, I'm proud of that, is that I, I lived, I existed, I did my thing, and people looked and said, that guy has a good, part. he's an ambassador. I mean, the description of, of the category was someone who flies the coffee banner high and is an ambassador, always op- optimistic in whatever they do, and blah, blah, blah. And so that is what I'm proud of. And so, and small little things like, I had someone on Facebook the other day send me a message out of the blue. I haven't spoken to this guy in forever. Put it up on my wall and I was like, hey Chad, I just want to really say thank you so much. You've made such a huge impact in my life and I wouldn't be where I am in coffee today had it not been for you. That is the stuff I'm so that's proud amazing. of. So it's, no, it's nothing that I had to do anything with. It's more when I just did what, what I've been created to do. That's the stuff that I'm proud of when I've changed people's lives. That's a really good answer. No one's ever said it that way. You know, people have always, people kind of answer that question and say, you know, um, well, I worked really hard at this thing and I achieved it and so I'm really proud, you know, but what you've just said is, is, is brilliant. I, 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 again, I, I, by no means am I trying to have a faulty oh, There are things no, no, that no, I've No, no, what you're saying is who you are as a person, people have recognized and you appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. If you could keep only three possessions, and this for me is going to be an interesting one, what would they be and why? Yes, this is a tough one. <laughs> um, only three. Only three possessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are trying to bullshit their way to the question like, uh, I'd keep my record collection. That's not one possession, that's like a hundred albums or something. I'd definitely keep my phone. Yes, Can you email, time to email Pat. I can't help him. Okay, so you still don't do that. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, I definitely keep my phone. Definitely. I, I, I don't think I could I'd survive life without an iPhone. Right. My, my phone is my everything. And it's an iPhone, by the way. Let me just put that in there. Does it have it, to be an iPhone? It has to be an iPhone. So it can't be an Android? No. I was Why? an Android man. I was an Android man. Yeah. And... I find that having less control is way cooler. So iPhone, you have so much less control. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly why I'm into it. Yeah. So I like, I just, I just feel like my wife's into Android, but I, I feel like she does it only to be different to where I am. Yeah. Um, but so I've dealt with her phone and 
try to hop on some things, etc. And like the Android thing just feels like the Wild West, man. Like it feels in the Yeah, it like it's just a yeah, possibility. Viruses, and, yeah. you know. 100%. Um, so definitely my, my phone. Um, that's a tough one because once you have your phone, you kind of don't need anything else. Right. Because I'd. There are some other things, but I just get an app for it. <laughs> I would say my notebook, but I'd get a notebook app. Right. Um, I'd say my Bible, but I'd get a Bible app. It's so what's interesting is that you have a notebook. Yeah. So you must like the act of putting ink on a piece of paper versus typing in the phone app. I do it for myself more than anything. I have a really short attention span. And so writing it, writing it in a note, I know myself. I probably won't get back to it. If I write in my notepad, whereas if I write it at ink, I'll one see the spelling. So I'm also trying to train myself to spell. My spelling is atrocious, <laughs> um, but it's that it's that writing down that will make me remember it. Um, but yeah, notebooks, and also it gets me out of meetings. I sit in so many meetings, and people just talk absolute trash. Right. And so with a notebook. I can get out of meetings really quickly. <laughs> iPhone, I don't need to. notebook. No, I wouldn't take my notebook. So I'd say oh. I'd take my iPhone. Um, I'd definitely take my acoustic guitar. Right. Um, that that is just yeah, I need an acoustic guitar. And ooh, 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 ooh. how did you get into it? My uncle is a DJ. Okay. So music was was always there. Um, I mean, we didn't, have, we didn't have a TV at home. I just remember used to wake up and it's just this banging, loud music. <laughs> and at that time, I didn't like, I mean, there's Anita Baker, Boys to Men, name it, um, the OJs, the Manhattans, all of those guys, I mean, this vinyl. Yeah. Um, so there's always music there. And I really liked it. I, I liked it. The way it, the emotion that it could bring so nuts how you could go from you could change chords and you can go from let's say a c major seventh and you go to the e minor seventh and there's, there's a particular emotion whereas if you go to d minor seventh there's a different emotion that it right. brings in it's just that is beautiful okay and it's math with oh it's beautiful so listening to your uncle's music is one thing picking up an instrument's another like what made you pick up an instrument and was it was the first one the guitar i wanted to play the bass guitar but at the time, no one had one that I could use, and I couldn't afford to buy one. Does anybody ever dream of playing the bass guitar? That's, I you're did. the first I've ever heard say that. I did. I just, one, I, think it's, I looked at this thing, and it's huge. It's a monster. <laughs> and then the fact that when you play it unplugged, yeah. there's no sound. It just, it's right. like, but the moment yeah. you plug it in, it's just, but it's so weird. I didn't understand music when I first looked at the bass guitar. I didn't, under, I didn't understand it, but I just thought the idea of playing a single note and changing the mood of an entire song. Right. One note. Right. One note. Yeah. And it changes everything. Yeah, that's um, so true. It's, it's, like, it's like a rudder in a ship. Yeah, you just yeah. move that, it'll change the entire course of, of so the true. ship. Which is daunting as a bassist, because if you play the wrong note, the song, the song could yeah, just yeah. take its own course. Yeah. But it's just so beautiful. It's like, it's, that for me is, is control, and it's, it's, it's where you can do whatever, but you're sitting, choosing to sit back. I hate it when, when musicians, especially bassists, are all over the place. <laughs> um, and can you easily recognize when a bassist is all over the place? Oh, yeah. Music is... Music is... 
is it's like a conversation. We we can all talk. It's, we can all talk and and air our views. But you don't have to say something all the time. You don't have to be the loudest person in the room. Sometimes you can just sit back, listen, and when someone asks you an opinion, you give a solid answer. Right. Um, whereas I've listened to some musicians who are just like, ah, 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 ah. Just, oh, especially church musicians. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> oh. And so my, my guitar would be my second thing. I genuinely can't think of what my third... I genuinely can't think of what my third thing would be. So if you had to be pressed and you're allowed three items, what would the third thing be? Anything then? Something frivolous? Maybe. I have a letter that my mom wrote to me when she was 17. Jesus, dude. Dropping bombs. Mm. What do the letters say, generally speaking? <laughs> some heavy, some heavy stuff. Okay. But basically just saying how um, she doesn't know what's about to happen, but she's amped. Okay. She was this young 17-year-old wow. pregnant girl. And there's just a letter. She around today? Yeah. And are you... What's your relationship like? Are you... Because she was so young when she had you, so the age difference is, you know, mm. close, closer than normal, than usual. Um, are you guys more like friends or is there different, like, this is my mom and she sorts you out like she's your mom? It, we're kind of like, like, like friends. Like, we can yeah, talk I, about... And she, and she uses all these slang words and of course she's trying to be cool. She's like, yo, it's lit. <laughs> or oh, it's dope. Does she pull off a yeah, it's lit well? She does actually. Does my, she? my mom is flipping cool. Like I she's would imagine, a swag I would cat. You've got one of the coolest moms around because you're one of the coolest guys around. She is such a swag cat, and sometimes one of my like one of my friends, Sam, he probably likes my mom more than he does me. <laughs> He'll text me on some like I'm gonna see Auntie Laverne. Um, but yeah, my, my mom is is really cool. We we've we've had our ups and downs in our because because we're very similar in our personalities. We we both have world views yeah, yeah. and we both constantly trying to help people or, or whatever deal with whatever it might be yeah. and so we bashed heads sometimes and I think now we're in a place where we understand space and we understand that I don't need to text you every single day I don't need to call every single day but once a week you, a text would work or a call right. hey how are you right. how's life she's living here in Devon? no in Joburg is she in Joburg? okay mm. So it's also a nice reason for me to get to Joburg all the time. But she's, she means she's beautiful. She's awesome. When next, when next you're in Joburg, you should go grab her, and my wife and I will take you guys for dinner, or yeah. just go hang somewhere. No, they'd love each other. As I said, my my, my mom is um, into natural hair. She's got a, she's of course, got a you huge, said she's got a huge afro. That's amazing. That's amazing. What would you want your tombstone to say one day? Do you want a tombstone? I do. I don't want my body in it, as I was saying earlier. You want a tombstone, but you don't want your body in it. Okay. I don't even think I even want a tombstone, but I would like a tombstone. Is like I feel like it's so little words. <laughs> I would. No, I know it sounds really cocky. No, 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 doesn't sound cocky. I think it's a brilliant answer. I would. I watched a medieval. Tombstones too small to summarize Chad's life. Not at How all. More just like I watched this. Is it a Medea movie where this guy fakes his death? Okay. Or he acts. He has a full-on funerals just so you can hear what people say about him at, at, <laughs> right, at, sounds like a at the eulogy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so this is guy in the city in, in in the city passed away a year ago, two years ago. Okay. And they actually had an event for him yesterday right. um, to honor his life, and they had a, an official hashtag and everything. And this guy, I went to his 
memorial service. I don't think I've been to a memorial service that big in my life. Really? Younger, mostly younger. And he had affected so many people's lives to the point where they still having tar- charity events for him now. Wow. And so I look at that and go, that is what I want. I want to do something that's impacted. See, your, your mom will cry, your funeral, your granny will cry, and a few other people, but... One, I don't want people to cry, but more just people... It would be awesome with random people there and go... I mean, I was sitting next to a guy and a guy goes, how do you know X, Y, and Z? It's like, oh no, he did this for me. I'm like, how do you know him? And it's just a bunch of random people's lives were touched by this one individual yeah. who had all made friends there, not yeah. only your family. Yeah. Um, so I think my tombstone would be... I would like her to say, lived. Right. So that's that like, simple. Yeah. You know, like I lived life. I like didn't hold anything back. I have a feeling your funeral, there'll be a lot of people and they'll all be impeccably dressed. But have their own vibe about them. Like nothing's gonna be half art, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I would I really like that. <laughs> um, but seriously I, I would I want some random 15 year old kid to stand there stand next to a car guard because right. I have some car guard friends they're my favorite right um, standing next to a corporate from Mshanga yes um, standing next to the tiller from Spa like yeah. it sounds like I'm a big dreamer but the, that's my thing I, I, a hello at the tiller that stuff yeah. people remember me yeah. there's a lady who sells burubos here at Spa yeah. every day I see her hey how are you ask about the kids everything I think she'd come to my, my funeral. There's coffee, there's the music, uh, there's the fashion. Is there any one thing you're passionate about, most passionate about? Do you have a passion project that you're kind of focusing on now? Mm, not at all. Okay. Um, I think, again, you, I look, at, I look at, 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 my, at my strengths and my gifts, and I figure out what I like, because that's also, people miss this up. Mm. You might have a gift for teaching, yeah. but if you're teaching the wrong thing, you'll hate your gift. Right, that's so true. And with a, with a lot of things, I think what you have to do is you have to recognize the call and then you have to find an effective way to live that out and to do that thing. Yeah. And so the best way is you find what you like. You're not, you don't have to do things that you don't like just because you have a gift for something like right. that. And so let's say like you have a gift for numbers. Doesn't necessarily mean you need to become a chartered accountant. Right. Numbers can be used in it can be used in so many different things. Yeah. So that that's how I feel, and so I have a gift for teaching. As you spoke about, I, I love teaching, and so music, fashion, all that stuff. I I sit around, read something I like. Yeah. I person that, that that touched me. Yeah. And I think of who who else can it touch, and I go to someone else and go, Hey, did you know that Virgil Abloh was X Y and Z, or did you know in coffee that Distribution does X, Y, and Z, and or yeah. music or whatever. And I love that. So it's not. I just, I've just, I've just realized what the title of this podcast is going to be. Normally it would be Humans of Coffee colon Chad Whitby. Yeah. I think it's going to be Meet the Virgil Abloh of Coffee. Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's. The Virgil Abloh. I think that's going to be awesome. Virgil Abloh is cool, but I mean, there's another guy, Ronnie Fake. Oh. He's his Bronx Bronx cat. Uh, the is that the hundreds? Mm-hmm. He has a brand called Kith. Oh, Kith, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You plugged, huh? Huh? You plugged. You know what's happening? Um, did you see? Did you see? Um, are they? I think 
think they're by Complex. There's, the interview is really fake. Um, Blueprint. Blueprint. Oh my god. I love, that show, I love Blueprint. They speak to a guy named Daniel Arsham, the, 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 the designer stuff. There's, I mean, Jimmy Iveen, I, I love yeah, exactly. stuff. I love that, yeah. So that's what gets me ticking. I have the ambition that the Humans of Coffee thing becomes that vibe for YouTube. Uh, that Just is. like a real conversation, quiet space. And like, real, real questions. You know, so often I find interviews, people ask questions and they're really nice. And the guy who's talking will say where it was cool and where he had his. But with, with, that, with that complex blueprint, it's, there's one guy who wrote music for Justin Bieber. Yes. And he wrote for a whole lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pooh Bear. Yeah. And he started to talk about how he would sleep in a studio because he had nowhere to live. And yeah. he was borderline in the streets. Yeah. That for me is like, that's what's up. And I think that's what sounds so old and I say it, but that's what millennials need. That's what this generation needs. It's people say, yes, you can achieve anything. The world is your oyster. Yeah. With a phone in your hand. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk would say, if you got a freaking phone in your hand, you can do anything. Gary Vaynerchuk, yes. He's, but I firmly believe it. You can do achieve anything. There's Linda, there's Coursera, all these things you can yeah. learn and all these platforms. Yeah. But on the flip side, you need to understand the reality and the hard work that goes into it. And exactly. that's where people are that's deceived. That's so true. There's, there's real relationships. There's real hard work. You know how people, you know, something as simple as networking. People just think, I'll go to an event and I'll just meet people. People don't understand networking is actually, it's a job. You have to put in effort. Yeah. You have to work. You have to message people yeah. real messages not when you need something from someone because yeah. often people will change numbers yeah and then only when they need something then it's on some like hey so how's things going i know i agree whereas yeah. real networking is is developing solid relationships and actually and yeah i, I think that blueprint thing is phenomenal people talking about real 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 issues exactly I've just, i just i love that platform I have this idea with, with coffee, with training baristas where we train them and give them a skill to make coffee because that's what people need. And then we give them a, how do we call it, personal branding um, course. And so that might be something like someone comes in and teaches you how to make an email address. Yes. A solid email ad address and not on some John loves Adidas 904 at gmail.com. Oh, don't get me started with the 904 at gmail. Uh, yeah, I. Um, and then something as simple as make sure that you, your Facebook profile is professional. Yes. And so you don't. If someone tags you in something, you can live your life, and it's not faking your life that you're living. Yeah. But sometimes you don't want to be tagged in something because that's think, your personal profile. You I can, think the, the, the whole personal branding um, concept is so important. Huge, and nobody teaches it, or not enough people teach it. And just simple things like how to reply a message properly, how to. So here's something so simple. Let's say emails. Do you know how many emails I get every day? We just the worst constructed emails. People will first butter me up and then go, "Hey Chad, hope you well. Hope Kayla's well. How was the coffee event? Hope you had a good time. Yeah. Sorry you didn't win. All this other nonsense." And at the end, Chad, can I please get a job? At yeah, Colombo. Exactly. Whereas my idea was get the bullshit out of the way. Like, we know you came here for something. Just say it up front. Yeah. Open the email. Good day, Chad. Yeah. I've recently resigned my previous job. I want to find if you have any vacancies. Then at the end, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. That's so true. It's, that stuff nobody, is nobody so. Nobody teaches that. And it's a CV. You know how often we get people who come in with four page CVs that are the worst things I've ever seen? Yeah. Because it's school you went to, age, date of birth. Where you, what, 
people never look at that. Exactly. I mean, Google have the most beautiful resume templates. It's right there on Google. Go there. Yeah. It's a template. You just change the details. You put yeah. in your own things. And it's simple stuff like key achievements and references. That's all it is. What are your key yeah. achievements? I worked in the X, Y, and Z place. I brought, added this value to this place and I did this. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. Personal, assist guys with personal branding and how to... And it's, and it's, and it's one... It's like another level deeper than that also. It's also, how do you talk in an interview? What do you say? What don't yeah. you say? You yeah, know? 100%. The amount of times that I've had... So I've interviewed lots of people in my time. And then... I would also, you know... Um, like, what's the, what's the ambition? Like, what do you want to do, do, you know? And the amount of people that say to me is, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm the marketing director for such and such. Okay, I want that job. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, when do you want the job? I'd see myself, you know, three, maybe four years. I'm like, dude, it took me 15 years to get here. Yeah, but times have changed. I'm, I'm going to get there quicker. I was like, cool. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Great. Thanks for coming in. And then basic things, like just if you don't know, I remember sitting in an interview, actually for Colombo, um, and my boss asked me the first question. I tried to fake it as, as best as I could. Yeah. And when he asked me a second question, which was directly related to the first one, I said, I don't know. Yeah. And I said, I'm the type of person that I, I will go and learn it. Great. I said to him straight, I was like, I, I don't know the answer, but if there's one thing I can tell you, I'm the guy who will go and read the book, get the information. I'm, I'm a, I go and get information. I don't yeah. wait to get information. Yeah. I'm a hunter. I'm yeah. getting. And so it's simple things like, like that as well, and just being honest about it. Yeah, exactly. So we, I, I've adopted this thing at work, where when people come in for interviews, I explain to them upfront. I say, listen, this is how this company works. We never ever fire people. The only way you can leave this company is if you die, or if you leave at your own free will. We'll never fire you. Yeah. But to get a job here is impossible. So right. you need to do. We're looking at about four weeks to 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 five to weeks of no pay we'll pay your taxi fare maybe give you lunch and just need to work are you up for that yeah and the same guy 10 minutes ago who says i'm prepared to do anything i just want to get into coffee i'm willing to grow i just want to you know i just i want to get involved you know i just want to yeah, 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 perfect yeah. my craft the same guy the love you know his face drops yeah exactly and then he goes yeah maybe doesn't get back to me Sorry. the only people that's us, and I, I, I probably would never do it. I'd never not pay someone. You right. have to get paid. Right. But it's you're saying it to test them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you said this. I mean, if you're really keen, you do it as an apprenticeship. Let's do it. Yeah. Five week apprenticeship. Exactly. You don't get that anymore. Yeah. Favorite coffee origin, brew methods, all of the above. Do you have a favorite? Origin? Um. I. Don't coffee's changed. I mean, again, going back to the whole idea of what you, whatever your favorites are, is closely related to an emotion or feeling of nostalgia. And so, yeah. I mean, every person would say yoga shift because that was probably one of the first coffees you've had. Oh, it's what they've read to be like one of the best coffees, and they yeah. want to be seen to be cool, blah blah blah. Um, but I actually don't. I I like experimenting with a lot of coffees. Um, each coffee has its own character, and it's. It's so what are you enjoying right now? Tanzania. Ooh. Okay. Really? Everything coming out of Tanzania is so, so, so good. What do you think it's going to take to get African coffee on the map the same way that... And I mean, not Ethiopia. I mean, all the other producing markets. The same way that people respect South American coffee, etc., etc. 
Like, what do we need to do as an industry? And I, I say it as if I'm part of the industry, but I'm not. But I'm just saying, yeah. what, you know, what needs to happen? So two things. I was debating this for a long time yesterday with Kath, with, with a few people, um, Maxwell. Um, just like, what's it going to take? So I don't, I don't know if I should even give an answer. You debated it such legends. No, no, no. I'm, uh, saying, no, no, no. I'm with a legend right now. Um, so two things. I think African coffee is doing pretty well. We in South Africa just unfortunately don't get that good coffee because what happens is it's say long miles project. Yeah. The cream of the crop will first go overseas and then they'll filter a lot of the stuff down to South Africa. One, because of what we can afford. Can't blame anyone. Okay. And so it's this back, backward thing. This is my cousin. He lives a few couple of kilometers so up, up the hill from me and yet I don't get the best of what he's doing. I mean, yeah. We had the world's biggest diamond come from Kimberley. Yeah. Where is it now? Yeah. Um, and so, but I think the way that African coffee would, would get to a better place, or any coffee, or anything in the industry, you have to get right down to the root. There's always a root to a big tree. And I think at the root of it all is education. When someone... Educating who? Everyone in the, in the entire chain. From the customer, to the barista, to the roaster, to the farmer, to every single person. Because when the customer understands something better, well, they'll then put more money to pay for it. And then <coughs> the green bean buyer then can buy better beans. The roaster then can get a better wage. The grower, everyone. But it's, it's and then also honesty in the, in, in the chain. So it's one long chain. And so at one point, someone's gonna be smart about it and go, Okay, the customer paid more money. So let's say say cappuccinos go to 60 Rand a cup. Yeah. Customer paid more. Cafe takes it and maybe you got a good cafe owner and he then pays more from the green bean buyer. Green bean buyer decides to get greedy and goes and buy cheap green beans as right. opposed to buying the proper expensive green Improve beans. The margins. That's when it's gonna mess it up. Yeah. Whereas if he actually goes, oh cool, I got more money, let me buy a better green. That's where I think any industry would grow, especially coffee. There's a really there's a really like uh uh, there's a video from CNN I'll send you the link that's um, I think they're farmers from the Ivory Coast and the CNN journalists they're cocoa farmers and yeah. the CNN journalist has them taste chocolate yeah they cannot make the link between the product they're farming yeah. and the chocolate in their mouth until the journalist says to them, do you know this is from your farm, what you're eating right now? Blows their mind. Do you think African coffee farmers are in the same place? Yeah, 100%. I remember watching um, a film about coffee. Have you watched it? I love that film. Probably one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, By the way, that film is what I would like to see happen for Winston. And it, the journey is about to, to, to go on now, when he goes back to uh, World Bristol. It's a beautiful film. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. I'm going to watch it on the plane now. We had a public screening of it and we started to chat about it afterwards. Did you but have to pay licensing fees for that, by the way? Were there issues around licensing so, to do a public screening? Um, no, I actually was able to because I wrote a few blogs for Perfect Daily Grind. Yeah, and right. so Henry got me a connect directly with the, with the guys. Okay, awesome. But I do know that the arc, you can't, can't play it publicly. Mm. But email them, they're very nice guys. I know, I'm, I'm asking, asking for a friend. I'm literally asking for a friend. So he runs a bakery and wanted to play it and they gave him all kinds of upheaval to, or maybe just didn't make an, enough of an effort to get it. Yeah. Yeah.
but um, yeah, what you're asking about the cocoa farmers tasting cocoa, that's definitely, I think in Africa, tasting chocolate. Yeah, the guys, these, there's these, there's John standing in the middle of Burundi, he's just um, picking coffee and sending it out. Um, and he probably doesn't know what his product tastes like. But there's really good guys in the industry now who are coming in, partnering with farmers. There's more awareness. The big thing that we need more is direct trade. Right. So here's something I was kind of hoping we'd... we'd is direct trade really possible? 100%. 100%. Yes. You can go to the farmer who's farming the stuff. Well, not me directly, but you generally have a green bean buyer and there's, yeah, yeah. there's that. So I know being there are doing phenomenal stuff mm-hmm. like with direct yeah, yeah, trade. Um, cultivar doing some really good stuff with direct trade um, and there's a few buyers and I think in, in there's a space for everyone there's a space for your commercial coffee there's a space for your specialty coffee and that's, that's it's all good yeah. I mean some people are like oh you can't buy from that place and blah 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 there's a space for all coffee yeah um, but direct trade for me would be where it's at and not just I mean going in and buying the coffee but also just investing in people do you know that I had an interesting fact, Walmart Group spent over 200, their annual budget, 200 million on uplifting the suppliers. So let's say you got someone supplying tomatoes. Right. Budget from that would come out and go to his farm, his tomato farm, and assist him with putting fences or irrigation wow. systems and all that. Yeah. They have to, they're obligated to spend 200 million. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, if, if I mean coffee places again if we come back and say okay this is our spend and not just buying good coffee is one thing but actually saying okay I want to adopt that farm in Tanzania not I want to personally adopt it but I'm going to invest go in meet the farmer find out his needs building a, a wall a brick wall a washing station if 10 guys in a city got together and put money together so yes, some yes, some food for thought Okay, I, was, I was thinking of it while I was driving here I was like yeah, yeah. I wonder what kind of questions I want him to ask me if he doesn't ask me I'll kind of ask myself and if right. give, give my views what is it how do we get the whole argument about minimum wage as for baristas and how would he change that and service and everyone will give their views the cafe owner says well I can't pay more because I'm not making this the roaster says something the barista says something blah 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 but I listened to something Simon Sinek has changed a lot of my world views yeah and Seth Golden and my personal thing would be instead of rewarding afterwards what if we rewarded up front and get and paid properly up front would that not be enough incentive for someone so let's say instead of saying to a barista let's say I employ you as my barista in my shop and saying Andy I'll, I'll pay you better when you've done X, Y and Z or when you worked hard what if the day you walked in, I forget minimum wage, I'll pay you as maximum as I can afford. Right. And say, okay, here's X, Y, and Z per hour. Yeah. And it blows your mind. It's like, wow. What do you think that would, would do for you as a barista? It'll make you work harder. It's, 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 what's this guy? Robert Cialdini. He speaks about when someone gives you a gift, you have this thing in you where you want to reciprocate in some way. It works across social media, it works anything. So when someone, uh, we are talking about it yesterday, if your parents allow you to come home at whatever time, you more than likely won't abuse it. Right. You'll probably be responsible with it, yeah. you'll understand it. It's an interesting debate because if that's, that approach is not just about the coffee industry and baristas, etc. I mean, you're, you would 
you'd be reinventing the corporate world. 100%. Because when I started, so I graduated with an economics degree and I started off as, say, a marketing assistant. And today I'm the marketing director. If somebody gave me the marketing director salary up front, I'm not sure. You know, did I learn more? Am I more a well-rounded marketing person by doing the hard slog to get to where I am today? Um, or do you know what I mean? So I'm actually, it's a great, it's a great question. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I, I, do, do you not want a barista to, are we doing away with this journey of you need to start from the bottom and work your ass off to get to the top, you know, but then that from the bottom needs to start above minimum wage for sure. So number one, we need to minimum wage. To, yeah. We need to, but as you're saying, it, it is an interesting idea and it is true. I mean, if, if someone came in and was earning a certain amount, would cause a person to do two things yeah. one to value it and actually do well with it yeah or two to go oh well i'm, I'm the heat and so yeah, exactly. these guys owe me right um but i think there's a few a few other factors as well that come into oh. it's a big question it's a very big question um and i know so many cafe owners absolutely hate me so that's why i'm yeah, yeah, my name you're affecting bottom line um but there is definitely I look at how much people spend on marketing and you're a marketing director so you understand companies spend so much money on marketing and yes marketing will inevitably cause more money to come into the business yeah. so you can pay people more yeah. and whatever but the guy at the bottom is going what if we invest what if we invested money in people yeah because then those are the people who actually change your business so no, let's, I agree. let's take spa spa say we're never doing another tv ad Imagine that budget on the people. And then we're going to pay every single teller better. Yeah. What happens is you want to go to teller cause spa because they have the best tellers in the city. Yes. See, Your customer experience is so much better. Blah, customer blah, blah. experience is way better turnover in, for me, so I think. Trans- customer experience relates way better and gets more money than yeah. I think marketing would ever do. And yeah. advert is awesome. And what's happening with marketing, everyone's trying to fight for that one place on Instagram. And people are paying so much money to boost that thing on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Whereas we then took that money and said, as a barista, here we go, bro. Yeah. You've done excellent work. And not just, that's why, I, back to what I said earlier about the people who get the jobs, then it's not hiring anyone. You work, you do an intern system for the longest time. But when you're in, we pay the best salary. Yeah. You can never get fired. And you know who's a perfect example of this? Is the guy who started Patagonia. Patagonia. Was that his principle? Was that a... Yeah. Okay. He wrote a book called Let My People Go Surf or something, something along those lines. Okay. And so for him, it's just like when you work at Patagonia, kind of, you never get fired. You work here forever. If you've got kids, there's a play place, they can come, you can bring them to work. That got a bit chaotic. But he said, if the waves are good, yeah, just hit, hit the waves. As long as you've done your work, catch a wave, bro. And it's worked for Patagonia. It's, I mean, I don't think it can work for everyone, but there's so many organizations where it's so top-heavy. The CEOs and all these people get... And it's one person. Yeah. Yes, that person can make... He has cool ideas and he can make a difference. But imagine if you paid 10,000 people better as yeah. opposed to one person better. Yeah. It's, it's flipping, it's flipping that, that, that pyramid. Earning. No, I agree. agree. And I mean, every single corporate would hate me for saying this right now. I feel like they would, but I feel like there's definite value in considering it and there's definite value in heading in that direction. So I'm the marketing director for a tech company 
Um, and we spend very little on traditional marketing. So we'll never do a print ad, we'll never do a TV ad, we'll never do any of that. We actually spend a ton of money on on upskilling people. Beautiful. You know, and it's a start. We're not spending all of the budget on it, but it's a start. And team, something as simple as team build. We we at our cafe, we did a team build exercise. Right. So we are on our third one now. Once every two months, Yeah. we sell all our coffee, Hesse and Sachs for a certain amount. We keep the money, all the old Sachs. Nice. And we use it for team builds. And something as small as that, taking the guys out, nothing formal. We don't have a meeting. We're not discussing where who's falling short in one area. Just chilling with the guys. Yeah. That has made such a huge difference in people. Yeah. Because you're starting with your staff. That is the core. So often people, yeah, you know. My other thing I want to pick your brain about. Yeah. There's a huge movement toward people being more environmentally conscious. Right. And health conscious. Right. And fair trade and all these other things, boxes that you have to tick. Is yeah, it organic? Yeah. Is it fair trade? Is it that? Is it this? Is yeah, it this? Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of that, number one? And do you think it's honest for a lot, a lot of time? So number one, I think it's a good thing because honest or not, there are some things being done that actually benefit the environment. So it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, is it honest? How are you, bro? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Good. Hi. How's it going? You're right. Yes, good. Fine. Nice Fine. to meet you. Andy, so same, same. Are you from Mandate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Awesome. Finally, nice to meet you. Since I heard a lot about you. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm glad I came through. I'm actually staying until tomorrow, late afternoon. Cool. So I'll message you. Cool. I can travel dinner. Cool. Um, so, yes, it's good. It's a good thing. Um, because, regardless of the motivations, the actions are impacting the environment. So, that's awesome. a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's mostly dishonest. I think it's a marketing exercise. It's mostly marketing exercise. I think some people have a genuine interest in doing this, and I think mostly it's being done by most corporates I'm seeing. It's being done because it's it's good for marketing. Right now, consumers are starting to wake up to the environment, right? And yeah. they and they want to identify with companies that feel the same way. So companies are seeing this as an opportunity to sell more product, not to fix the environment. It's to sell more product. And so then, how do we then now take these same companies and make them actually have a real vested interest in this and not just use it as a marketing campaign doesn't matter though because if the actions are making an impact on the environment do the motivations matter so let's let's take something as something like straws yeah every everywhere is going no straws yeah straws have a huge impact on the environment yeah but there are things that have sometimes a greater impact on the environment than straws yeah. and so I think if people started to ask real questions yes. and really looked at it for me the straws is a perfect example of here's a problem that if we fix it has a genuine impact on the environment so therefore it's a great idea to fix that problem absolutely brilliant idea but this idea of straws is pure marketing yeah it could have been there are much bigger problems yeah take right away now cup, we're on straws a takeaway cup is I mean someone said it, it's like 25,000 straws that's what I'm saying. And so, so I'm saying, yes, it's a great start. I think we definitely need to start somewhere. But when we start asking real questions, just like fair trade, for example, fair trade's awesome. It says that a farmer or whoever gets a fair wage for, for his thing. But that is like the entry level. That's, that's yeah, yeah. the start. When are people going to start asking questions like, what about direct trade? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's so many of these other things. It's organic for argument's sake. Just because yeah. it has an, an organic sticker, but along Nothing. the processed chain is. So I think I think I think you were talking earlier about this this coffee value chain from farm to cup, blah blah blah, and the fact that. Um, so much needs to be done across the entire value chain to educate people, right? Education into the value chain. And the thing is, the consumer is part of the value chain and the consumer also needs that education. Yeah. And so, how do we, how do we change things? How do we make things be more legit? Education and con- consuming, con- educating those consumers. Yeah. And how do we educate those consumers? We give people like you more platforms to say what you need to say. So Manway Coffee for me is just a platform to, for the industry or for consumers to say something about you know yeah. so so the best thing that i can do is try to try and create a platform that's noticed that people see that people want to listen to etc and then put people like you on that platform that's very cool so that you know I've, I've got a nice instagram feed that's very nice but how are you going to use that too exactly that's actually very cool yeah but it's it's, it's also that principle of you've got to do something that gets them in and once they're in then yeah. you can talk to them you know don't try and first hammer them over the head about the environment and then expect them to also follow your Instagram account. Get them inside, be your fans, be your followers, be loyal to the platform, whatever, and then use the platform to then maybe throw in a few key messages. Having you here this morning doing this interview for me was, it was cool because it is, I wanted, I was, I knew when I came to Durban I was going to get you to do this. I knew before I even got you. Uh, Because, um, your voice and your energy and your positivity, I want that for my platform. I want that for Man Coffee. I want people, I want your brand, your personal brand to be somehow associated with my brand. It's gonna benefit my brand to have you on the platform. It'll benefit me more than it'll benefit you. That's why I'm doing it. Because I need your voice on the platform. I need your voice, you know, you're, 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 you're cool, you're, you've got this energy, blah, 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 but also you're about real shit. And I want that for my platform. You know, so education and create platforms for people like you to be able to talk to people out there. That's what Mamre Coffee is. When you're not at Colombo, where do you hang out for coffee? Hmm. In Durban. Key places. Um, so I need to rewind at this. Number one, a lot of people think I'm this huge snob. I need to say it on Manmade Coffee so everyone understands. I'm by no means a snob. I just. I don't think you're forced to drink a coffee just because it's there. I can have a cup of tea. I'm not, there's no problem with that. I actually really like a good cup of tea. Yeah. So everyone says to me, oh, you must be such a snob. You probably don't drink coffee anywhere in the city. I'm like, <laughs> I genuinely don't. Just because, I, let's say with milk. I get one shot at milk a day. I have a low tolerance to milk. And so I'm not going to fight to get a seven or an eight when I could just come to Colombo and get a 9 out of 10 and it's probably the best coffee I've ever had in a while. Right. And it sounds a bit cocky, but I, I think we're making really good coffee. And so when I go to a lot of places that generally don't have coffee, I'll have a cup of tea and it's not because I'm being a snob, it's just, I don't want, I hate it when, when people go to a place, let's take Wimpy, for argument's sake. Wimpy don't make the best steaks in the world. Let's be honest about it. Right. They don't make phenomenal steaks. They make, they good at breakfast and burgers and everything. You're not going to get a... So people then go to Wimpy and they say, can I have a steak? Then say, can I have it medium rare? And the steak comes and it tastes bad, then complain about it. It's like, but you knew what you're going to get. Why do it? And so it's the same thing for me. I'm, I look at a place and go, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can make good coffee. 
So let me just rather have a cup of tea. I don't want to fight. I don't want to complain or anything. Yeah, I agree. And I'm happy. But Skal- I, have, I have the same with um, steakhouses and desserts. Yeah. There's no steakhouse in the world that I've never been in that makes a good dessert. You know, like even just something as simple as give me a scoop of ice cream. It tastes like shit. It tastes like that's you know, awesome. De- like, but they are awesome at steaks. At yeah. steaks. Yeah. So I go to different places for different things. Mm. And so for the most part, I mean, um, fast coffee, Scala, really good, really close friends of mine. Oh, sorry. The reason I was painting a story about me being a snob is so people then come to me and ask me about certain places in the city and say oh you know that place and give me this look of wish they could see it over the podcast <laughs> give me this look of like expecting me to say something negative you know someone goes you know that place right. I go yes no I know them right. I love them I love right. it and so it's people almost don't expect that and because I love coffee yeah no man like it's <laughs> no I need to catch something because I need to get into Uber soon um, people, people don't expect <laughs> people don't expect me to, to say something about about a certain place. And I, I can sit in a place, maybe not have a coffee, but a lot of my friends around the city. So I'm in a lot of cafes. Long and short of what you're asking is, I'm in a lot of cafes all the time because yeah. I have friends and I have people. Is, does Skyline in, have? Is it just? A, is it a roastery or does it also have a cafe section? They're a roastery or they're roasters in Joburg for now. Okay, gentlemen. So. Wow, look at this. Look at this. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you? Very good. Very good. How are you? Thank you. Good. 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 Yo! <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm at cafes all the time. Skyline is a roastery, they have the roaster in Joburg. they about to put a, a roaster in the Durban space. Alright, I should go check it out. Very good people. Shout out to Dylan and Jamie. I love them. Absolutely. Those are two people who are doing things for the coffee industry. Yeah. What does a perfect day look like? Um, I don't think there's such thing as a perfect day. Yeah. I think... If you had your time to yourself, how do you want to spend it? Around good people. I wouldn't want to spend some time alone. I think a perfect day, or as close to a perfect day, a good day, would be coming to work, because that's what I really like. Yeah. The reason if I wake up in the morning amped, spending time with some of my best friends. Yeah. And my best friends are sometimes my customers, yeah. people around me. Working on my colleagues who I absolutely love. Yeah. Going out to a jazz venue with the wife after work. Nice. That's what crazy about jazz. Good bottle of red. Are there a bunch of good venues in Durban for jazz? Chairman, Bat Center. The way, on a Wednesday evening at the Varsity, but sometimes it can get very left. If you're a musician, it's deep jazz. Okay. Coup d'etat. There are a few places. Um, and then on the way home there's this place in Glenwood it's beautiful it's really high area and you overlook the entire dock you overlook the, the city the city lights and then just go home sleep that for me is and then do it again the most, next day most beautiful day most beautiful day ticked all the boxes Chad Whitby thank you very much I really thank appreciate you. the time that was uh, awesome yeah it really was awesome you made it awesome and I, I knew it would be I didn't say anything 
That's too controversial. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs>